Welcome to Walking the Way. My name is Ray. This is not an additional Monday to Friday passage. I've got this new section. I'm calling it Walking the Way on Sunday. When Walking the Way first started, one of the things that I used to do was I used to do a commentary on some Bible verses. And unfortunately, due to time constraints and pressures of ministry, I had to find another way of bringing Scripture into people's lives, so we decided to go with a Bible reading and some prayers. More of a standard devotional. But a couple of people have said they really miss those those conversations about Scripture and and those commentaries that I used to do. So I got thinking about it, and what I got thinking and decided to do was actually the best commentary that I can do is my Sunday sermon. I am a Methodist minister. I serve as a, a pastor, as a minister for a couple of churches in West Yorkshire. So possibly that will be changing in the near future. And every Sunday, I sit down and I prepare a service. Trust me, it is usually Sunday morning. And I thought, actually, that would be a really good thing to share with people. And I'd really appreciate your comments and your thoughts. So my prayer, my prayer for us and my prayer for you, is that the words that I speak, the meditations of my heart, will be used by God to encourage you to live your life to the full. Amen. The sermon I'm delivering today was preached at St. Andrew's Murfield, which is not a million miles from my own St. Andrew's, which is another village called Liversidge. It was part of a baptism service, which is why you'll hear me say at the beginning that I've mentioned the, the, the two wonderful children that I had the opportunity to baptize. And it's based around two passages, John 16, verses 12 to 15, and then Romans 5, verses 1 to 5. Let's pray quickly before we look at God's word. Lord Jesus, help us to move into a deeper understanding of your truth. We lay our lives down before you and ask that you would move amongst us. May we all feel safe, safe to think and question, safe to ask for help, and safe to share our lives with you, our loving Heavenly Father. Amen. Now today is challenging because in terms of preparation, not only did we have the wonderful baptism of Rosie and Oliver, and to be honest, a sermon on baptism would have filled an hour, but as I've already mentioned, it's Trinity Sunday, and we looked at that a little bit when we talked about the apple with the kids, but tomorrow is the start of World Refugee Week, and to top it all off, today is Father's Day. Yeah. I bet you when they put the church's liturgical calendar together, they had a good laugh in the offices when they thought about all the headaches they'd be causing preachers today. So I did what all good preachers are supposed to do, um, and I decided I would look at the scriptures and see where the scriptures lead me. In our John reading earlier, we read that Jesus would send his spirit. He, John writes, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own but will speak what he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. And as someone who spent the last five years of their life being trained to question things, I found myself asking the question, what does Jesus mean by the truth? What does Jesus mean by the truth? When he says the Spirit will direct us in all truth, what does he mean by the truth? I found myself reflecting on the Romans passage, and I came to the conclusion that one of the truths Jesus is talking about is the way that God relates to us. 
Let me say that again. I came to the conclusion that one of the truths that Jesus is talking about when he talks about the Spirit giving us truth is the way that God relates to us. The Spirit will help us understand God's relationship with us. Not our relationship with God, but God's relationship with us. And that's a really good thing to think about. It's a really important thing about thing to think about because there's a wonderful book called The Father Heart of God. It's written by a gentleman called Floyd McClung, and it starts with him and his children looking at a picture in a museum in Amsterdam called Mun, M-A-N. But it was originally called My Father by a Dutch artist, Carl Apple. Now, to be honest, I don't know what I know about art. You could probably fit in the back of a large postage stamp. So I went online, and I had a look at the piece, and it's quite dark and a bit miserable, really. It's this big square head with this hooked nose and a stick body, and done in a very childlike kind of painting type way, which is what Apple's famous for. But in the book, McClung makes the, the point that after a long discussion, his daughter asked the question, if Apple believed in God? And if so, did he see him as a loving father? And McClung comes to the conclusion that we often don't recognize God for the loving father that he is. He then spends the next 180 pages exploring what it means to be loved by God. And if you can get your hands on a copy, it's worth the read. But as a brief straw poll, just as a quick show of hands, how many of you have or have had good relationships with your fathers? I see a couple of hands going up. Okay. How many of you have or have had difficult relationships with your fathers? Less hands going up. I think that may just be because actually we don't want to publicly admit that we didn't have the best relationship with our fathers. But I want to ask the question, has your relationship with your father affected the way you see God as your heavenly father? Does the way we relate to our father affect the way we see God as our father? Now, I'll be perfectly honest, Father's Day has always been difficult for me. My father died, my dad died Christmas Eve shortly before my fourth birthday. And my stepdad, though he wasn't really my stepdad, he was more like my mother's partner, was an alcoholic. So my experience of fathers and male role models hasn't always been the best. And it's only been in my 20s that I met someone who would truly show me what a father was like. I spent some time working with Youth for Christ. And while I was at Youth for Christ, I, had a, I met a gentleman by the name of David. David was my supervisor. And I saw in him, both in terms of the relationship with his own sons, but also the relationship with me, what true fatherhood was meant to be. In fact, it was David that introduced me to McClung's book, to McClung's book because he'd used it to map out his own understanding of God as a father. And he helped me to see that the way we see God is not the same way God sees us. You may think that's blindingly obvious. But it's worth exploring the question, how does God relate to us? Now, there's a really technical word in the Romans passage. It's called justification. We are justified by faith. Paul writes that we are justified by faith. So what does that mean to us in reality? And how does that tie into our idea of God as our Father? 
Well, justified, to be justified, means that we have been put right with God. It comes from the biblical principle that we have turned our backs on God, and God in his love and his faithfulness has sought us out. And while God had every right to cast us off and leave us on our own and leave us to our own devices, God sent Jesus to break down the divide between us. This is what Paul calls grace, that God loves us and wants the very best for us, even though it is us who has rejected God. And this is one of the truths that the Holy Spirit shows us. That God the Father has given his all for us in his Son, Jesus Christ. That is a good Trinitarian principle. We have the three of the Trinity right there. Holy Spirit, God the Father, God Christ. Anyway, back to what I was saying. God's relation to us is built on love in all its glory. The problem then isn't with God. It's with us and the way we see God. If our father was abusive, then the likelihood is that we will see God as some big bad ogre. If our fathers were cold and distant, then God is likely to be seen as cold and distant. If, like me, your father wasn't there, then God is likely to be a distant abstract figure that really has very little meaning, as is the case in my life for a while. Now, there was a time in my life when I had no idea of what it meant to be loved by a male, male, male role model. But there was an occasion that showed me what true fatherhood was. I had overstepped the mark, and it had gone horribly wrong. I won't go into the details of what happened, but needless to say, I'd overstepped the mark, and I was in deep, deep trouble. I was called into a meeting, and after that meeting, as I sat in David's office, I could see that I had truly, truly hurt him. But as we sat together, and he bawled me out, I could see that while he was angry and hurt, he still cared for me. And he loved me deeply. And it turned out that he'd taken responsibility for what happened on himself at great personal cost. Earlier that year, he'd made a commitment to us that we were part of a new program and he knew that there would be times when we would drop the ball. So he made us the promise that he would back us up no matter what. That day... As I sat in David's office, I saw what real fatherhood was. I saw for the first time what the father heart of God was. It was love. It was being faithful to the promises made. It was sacrifice. It wasn't judgment or ridicule. It wasn't rejection or abandonment. It was bearing all for my sake without my asking for it, but recognizing that I needed it. In that moment... I saw God's heart. In that moment, I saw that is how God relates to us. All that remains for me to ask you today is how will you respond? Amen.